Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This episode 161, I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Paddy Buckley. Welcome along, Paddy. Good to have you here. Thanks, Paul. Great to be here. Now, where do you fit into this world of uh, technology and gadgetry, for uh, those who haven't uh, heard you on the podcast before? That's an excellent question. I love gadgets. Um, I think I should just put that put that out there. But what I really do in my day job is I run Quick Flicks. So we do streaming streaming movies and TV. We are um, yeah online, uh, on demand, across a, a very wide range of gadgets uh, and devices. And... Uh, yeah, subscription model. So you pay a monthly, monthly, monthly fee, and then uh, it's all you can watch from there. So it's a sort of Netflix model for those of your listeners who are uh, aware of that kind of thing. Cool. Well, let's jump jump right in now. Uh, there's a fair bit of news going on, but we're, we're going to try and save up a little bit of time to chat through some of the gadgets that we've had hands on uh, with recently. Uh, but let, let's jump, jump into some of the news. So um, first up, we're hearing about a new version of Windows, which is reportedly codenamed Threshold. Uh, and uh, is the understanding is that this will sort of bring together the varying versions of Windows that sit across, uh, at the moment, uh, PCs and, and tablets in terms of that standard Windows 8 or 8.1 on those devices, Uh RT, I guess that uh, that that sits on um, uh, devices like the Surface and uh, and the Windows Phone, and also reportedly uh, what's on the Xbox as well. So it sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, it really does. Is that does that cover the Xbox 360 or is it just the Xbox One? I would say that would just be the Xbox yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So and and you know what we're seeing on other mobile platforms is that you've got that one app store. And one programming model that covers producing an app for both the smartphone and the tablet. Yeah. Whereas Microsoft aren't quite in that place at the moment. There's a bit of work to do to make an app, uh, you know, from one work in the other and, and, and so on. So this convergence will make that much, uh, much more seamless for, for everyone. Yeah. Look, it sounds like a great idea to me. Uh, and look, I've got a, I've got a little bit of experience in, um, in all of this. We've got QuickFix has got an app on Windows Phone 8 on, on the Nokia's. Uh, and we've got a Windows 8 app, and uh, we're shortly going to have an Xbox One app. Uh, and so those are those are three different different applications. So uh, I think what you're saying in the future is, if, if this comes comes to, comes to pass, then uh, we might only be building one app in the future. That would be a good thing. Yeah, make make life a lot easier, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And so um, what um, Mary Jo Foley has been saying on uh, her All About Microsoft uh, podcast on ZDNet. Is that this is likely to uh, to happen? Uh, I think talking first half of uh, uh, 2015. Well, they're calling it spring 2015, uh, but uh, in our uh, in our time zone, I would just say that it's the first half of uh, 2015. Yeah. Um, Mary Joe being one of the sort of the I guess the foremost Microsoft commentators, been on uh, on the NZN Tech podcast a couple of times. Um, so yes, yeah, so some interesting bits and pieces, but. Uh, um, she's usually pretty clued up when she makes a, uh, a prediction like this. Uh, she's usually got two or three sources from inside the company before she uh, makes them. So I'd say that at this stage, anyway, this information is probably reasonably uh, uh, reasonably accurate. Yeah, it's something to look forward to. And I mean, on the face of it, it makes sense. Um, you know, the sort of harmonisation, I suppose, it, it, it makes sense. So uh, yeah, I could I could uh, subscribe to this theory. 
Well, let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anything obviously can uh, you know can change, but um, yeah, my my pick is that she's probably not uh, not too far off. Now, uh, looking a little bit closer to uh, to home, uh, telecom, and th- this is our um, we, we try um, we, we're trying to sort of catch uh, some of the most uh, active discussions that are happening on uh, on on Geek Zone, uh, which of course is the the New Zealand uh, forum for uh, for tech topics, and uh, one of the discussions over the last couple of days that's become quite active is around um, telecoms. Uh, email system being hacked again, or this is their uh, extra Yahoo email system uh, that about 400,000 of their customers uh, reportedly use. And the word is that uh, that this has been compromised again, and we've had this, you know, heard of this happening a number of times in the past. Uh, and and so um, the, the main consequence at the moment is that people are getting uh, yeah, spammed from accounts of people they know so you get an email maybe you know patty if you had an extra account i might get an email from uh, patty at uh, extra.co.nz and i'm thinking okay i know patty that's good i can click on this and maybe i can click on the links because it you know should be safe whereas uh yeah that might well not be the case at the moment Mm. um yeah look i mean i don't i i i don't have a a huge amount to say on this except that i suppose that you'd you'd consider it sort of best practice to to have some sort of cloud-based email um, that doesn't get you around everything, of course, and you can still get hacked with a simple password or well, no doubt many more clever things. But I mean, I think that would be a, an obvious starting point. Well, the interesting thing is, is the Yahoo uh, system that that extra use. I guess you could call a cloud-based email system. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess yeah, from a best practice recommendation, it would be more to be avoid using an ISP email system. Full stop. So, if it's got you know at and the name of your ISP at the end, uh, then yeah, that sort of locks you in unnecessarily to a to a provider who, at some stage in time, you may want you know not want to use. And if your emails with them, that uh, that locks you down. And certainly in the case of uh, Extra Yahoo, uh, you know, it's, it's just become a, um, a a system that, yeah, I wouldn't be encouraging anyone to bet on. And we're still hearing about some businesses using extra email accounts as well. Uh, that's, you know, not particularly smart. And in this day and age, it doesn't look very professional. You should have something uh, that ties back to your domain name, uh, you know, your business brand, at least in terms of a domain name. Um, so, yeah, the, but a bit disappointing. I had a bit of a chat with them about it this afternoon. Uh, you know, I guess that, you know, it seems that there probably a few, are a few challenges for them. And I thought, well, what are their other options? Can they go to a, a Microsoft uh, offering? Can they go to a Google offering? Are there others that can provide the service? Because the Yahoo service they provide, uh, is you know, more capable than the traditional ISP based uh, pop email system that, that they had before and that other ISPs had. And of course, they had a lot of issues with their pop email system too. Uh, so yeah, they, they may be somewhat between a rock and a hard place. The service that Yahoo's providing, I'm not sure whether that's something that Google and and uh, Microsoft commonly sort of offer to um, to internet providers to to brand up in their own way as uh, as Yahoo have done. Mm. So there, yeah, there may not be too many other options on the table. So. Uh, and you know, going back to a, a more traditional email system, uh, yeah, probably would have its own challenges as well. Yeah, well, wish them well in sorting it out then. 
Indeed. But our general recommendation is it doesn't matter which ISP you're with, uh, we, we would suggest you get away from, from using their email. Uh, yeah, from telecom's perspective, if they've got 400,000 users with extra email accounts, uh, that's 400,000 users that, are, uh, you know, while they're, while they're actively using those accounts are probably very like, unlikely to move to another internet provider. Uh, so it's also in their favour to sort this out so that, uh, uh, those customers will will keep their email with uh, with telecom and uh, and all their other services. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, Amazon and drones have been in the uh, in the media. There was an announcement from uh, Amazon uh, CEO uh, Jeff. Now, how do you pronounce this? What's Good your question? Version? I don't What's, know. Bezos or Bezos. Um, yeah, Bezos or, yeah, no, I'm actually not, I, that's what I would usually go for. Um, Bezos. Yeah. The, so. other, the other thing is that if he's American, well, do you, do you take an, an American pronunciation and then just change it because we say some words differently? And I say we, Paul, I mean, you're a Kiwi and I'm a Pom, so, I mean, who knows? Yeah, well, yeah. None, probably none of us, I have, had this n- none of us with, have got it right. I had this discussion with my daughter last night about yogurt and yogurt, so uh, she's four, she'll be delighted that I just mentioned her on the podcast. Fantastic. Well, no, they're, they're interesting, uh, interesting discussions. But mo- moving on to the uh, to, to, to the original po- point of the uh, um, the 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 topic, um, Amazon are talking about using uh, using dr- drones, uh, and you know we've seen these in the form of uh, uh, you know gadgets that as individuals we can buy a little uh, you know quadcopter for yep. uh, you know sub five hundred dollars to control with your uh, uh, with your your iPad iPod or your iPhone, um, and uh, there, there's a bit of footage of them with these things uh, kitted up to do deliveries. And what they're talking about is people that are um, that are in in very close proximity to where their distribution centres are in the uh, in the US uh, that they would be able to um, do deliveries within 30 minutes for orders placed online from those um, for for those particular. Individuals, uh, as long as the uh, packages were um, were no more than two point three two point three kilos, or five pounds, as they call it, uh, in the US. Uh, but I think this is uh, likely a uh, a few a few years off. There's a few challenges to uh, to doing it. Does this make uh, does make any sense to you? Well, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting one, but you know, this is a sort of a completely new idea. I say that it's not a hundred percent new. Didn't Domino's do a stunt a bit ago, um, delivering a pizza in the same way? I, th- I think they did. There was a wasn't there a YouTube there, video? There, or something? Yeah, there have been some things, and there was an Australian company uh, last year. I think we talked about uh, Zukai, uh, who rent uh, textbooks, and they were they were talking about launching uh, a drone based delivery uh, service. In Australia now, it's always hard to know with some of these announcements whether they're you know mostly just around getting a little bit of attention and getting us and lots of other people uh, talking about them, bit of free publicity, yeah, uh, or or whether these things are real reality. I mean, when you, when you look at it, you know, Amazon uh, probably isn't you know their their uh, distribution centres aren't that close to a huge number of people. I'd like to actually know how many people they are close to. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they tend to be really, really big distribution centres uh, that aren't really in the main, you know, um, thoroughfare in terms of where people live. They're a little bit outside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Traditionally, certainly the ones that I've, um, you know, I've looked up their actual locations of. 
uh, you know, there are there is population around them, but you know, for instance, one I looked at was uh, might have been in in the sort of was maybe in the Las Vegas area, uh, but it, you know, it was far enough away that um, you know this this service is probably not going to uh, not going to be relevant. So yeah, yeah, but I mean, w- wait and see. I mean, they're talking a few years off, but I mean, it kind of kind of sounds fun if they it can make this fun. sort of thing yeah. work, and and if you happen to be within that. That area. Um, I mean, you'd be ordering all sorts of bit, bit, <laughs> bits and pieces, especially if you got free delivery within Half within thirty minutes. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, would they start? Would they start offering pizza? Would Amazon be become Amazon the new pizza. Uh, pizza Hut? You can see that working. Look, I think I think realistically, trying to just just bring it back to reality for a second there, the uh, regulatory side of things is 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 you know completely unclear i think or at least it is in my head um but you know trying to trying to get sort of whatever it would be would it be faa federal aviation kind of authority that's what they're talking about okay. and that, that at this stage um they're um they're, that's yet to be approved and i think something similar uh in in australia with their um um civil aviation safety authority yeah uh for the textbook delivery there so are amazon just talking us or is it uh, have they talked about worldwide or i don't know where their distribution centers are apart from in the states yeah i mean they are in a number of other countries but this seems to be uh us focused at this stage yeah. but hey if it, yeah if it worked well who knows what they'll yeah. uh, you know what the, what they'll do next why not well, i'll watch with in- with interest i think it's um mm. yeah it's, it's I, I look forward to these things flying over so you can uh, sort of shoot them down or something <laughs> would be kind of fun um yeah but uh yes there we go so now moving on uh to the playstation 4 uh now that uh is something that obviously landed in uh we discussed recently as having landed in the us market then we got the Xbox One uh, landed uh, here and around the world uh, last week, and uh, well, the week well, week before actually, and then um, last Friday it um, landed in New Zealand and a number of uh, of other markets. Seems to be selling pretty well. We've heard some good um, some good numbers for the PlayStation Four in the UK. Yeah, uh, seems to be um, you know selling very strongly against the Xbox One. What what were the figures there, Patty? What did I read? I read two. I think two hundred fifty thousand uh, PS fours in the UK as against one hundred fifty thousand Xbox Ones in the in the you know in the initial launch period. I think. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I I don't. Know. My sense is that the Xbox One is they've sort of positioned themselves a bit more around a sort of sort of being a media hub, and the PS Four is more of a sort of a, a gamers thing, at least initially. Um, so we'll see how that develops. The other thing I can't help myself but say, Paul, is that uh, any PS4 users out there, if they turn on their PS4s during the day tomorrow, it's highly likely that a QuickFlix application will pop up in front of their eyes. So, um, yeah, we're going live on PS4 tomorrow. Oh, that's pretty exciting. So that, that is exciting. That's great. So, yeah. so uh, there I am saying that a PS4 is a gamers thing and Xbox One is a media thing, and yet actually... It's going to be gonna the gonna other be way around in New Zealand, certainly, to, uh, to start with. Yeah. No, no doubt... Um, yeah, just as there's a there's a quick flicks app on the uh, Xbox 360 in time, we'll uh, we'll probably see one on the uh, Xbox One. Xbox One just around the corner, not far, not long to wait at all. Great, yeah. great. Yeah. All right, well, well, that's good. And I mean, I know we you know we we have um, uh, our complaints about um, yeah some of the things that we would like to see quick flicks doing, but certainly one of the areas we can't complain about is where the where your apps are, and they seem to be available uh, you know pretty far and wide. Um, so, um, so well done on that front. Yeah, thanks, Luke. Well, I mean, our, our, I guess we've got, I mean, we've got a lot, lot, lot more stuff coming in the in the pipeline. Our device coverage is um, 
you know, it's really getting pretty good now. So as well as PS4 and Xbox One, we're, we're launching pay-per-view uh, movies. So the latest release movies on, on the Xbox 360 in a, in a few weeks. Uh, you may have uh, missed our announcement about TiVo. Uh, maybe you didn't, but, um, no, but, I think we chatted about I that. Did, okay. Yeah. I'm, I missed that on the podcast then, but, um, so we're on, um, well, we, we did mean to, I can't remember. <laughs> whether we, it may, may not have made it to air. So I apologize the, if it the didn't. T- the T, you've got to just say the TiVo is a funny device because, you know, all the TiVo users are so, uh, so happy with it and dedicated to it. Um, you know, it's just one of those interesting ones that, that for whatever reason, it didn't quite take the market by storm. And yet people who actually have a TiVo box are just, just, you know, remain happy with it. So anyway. Yeah. There's certainly a lot of them around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've got, I've got one of them. Yeah. Well, um, so QuickFlix will be replacing the Casper, um, on demand service, um, in, in, uh, oh, that, that'll be next week. So that's happening too. LG, we're launching on LG smart TVs. Um, so that's coming soon as well. So, uh, and not too far away, just on the distant horizon is, uh, is our Freeview launch as well. So that'll be early next year. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff coming. And then, um, content is the issue that, you know, people want to talk about. I can, can also report that we'll be launching a, a load of Chris Lilly, uh, Chris Lilly content coming soon. Summer Heights High and Angry Boys. And, you know, do you, do you know Chris Lilly, the Aussie comedian who spoofs as, uh, these, these teenage girls and stuff? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's very funny. Oh, okay. So anyway, you can check, check him out on Quick Flicks from next week. And, uh, Lots of other plans in store, so uh, there you go. That was, Excellent. That was, that was my plug, Paul. We can, oh, very good. We can very carry good. on now. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Thank, thanks for that, Patty. Um, <laughs> no, it, it is good, and uh, you know that's part of why we like to have you on the show is to get a bit of an update of what's happening with with Click, Quick Flicks, uh, because yeah, streaming streaming media is certainly you know where things are heading, and and you know away from the old school uh, you know traditional sort of broadcast channels. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are sort of rooting for quick flicks and, and hoping you'll be very successful, um, you know, over time and, um, that, you know, you'll keep making the right, the right moves. Um, you know, such as bringing more content yep. and, um, and high definition content. Yeah. That uh, all plans yeah, for that too. It. That's going to be rolling out too over the next little while, high def stuff. So, uh, and, on, and on, it'll be on the TiVo, interestingly. Okay. So, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great. Now, um, look at, looking at, at new products coming through, um, a bunch of people that left, uh, left Nokia or were probably laid off actually from, uh, from, from Nokia and a, and a lot of people were with, with their, uh, their changes over the last couple of years. Um, have uh, have have launched the um, the Jolla. Have you heard about the Jolla? Not sure I have. So um, there's a new um, operating system, and uh, there was an Amigo operating system which um, no- Nokia had sort of had a had a short uh, brush with, and uh, that sort of you know moved by the wayside as uh, as Nokia or, or uh, Nokia, depending on which pronunciation you you choose to use. Uh, have have really moved their their focus to uh, Windows phones. So um, the the guys behind that have come up with um, the Sailfish OS, which uh, which looks quite interesting actually. So um, yeah, the guys are um, are, are based there in um, in Helsinki in, in in Finland, and what they've done is they've made available uh, four hundred and fifty of these initial. Um, uh, handsets, and uh, they're going out to uh, to developers. Now, the interesting thing about this is it is um, based on that um, uh, Mego uh, software, um, but it's now called, um, well, their, their, their variant is called uh, Sail, Sailfish, and it will be able to run Android uh, Android applications, 
And the other thing that they're working to do to try and get this out to a lot of people is to make it available for uh, for existing Android handsets. So their way of sort of getting getting a bit of uh, market share is to um, allow those who'd like to sort of you know flash their phones with with new versions of Android, new software uh, with uh, with the new um, Sailfish um, OS. So I guess the big question really comes is is there room for another um is there room for another mobile operating system? Now this one will be free like Android and we know Android's been you know, extremely successful partly because of the you know zero sort of licensing cost uh and and just so many vendors have come on board and used it in their own way. What's your uh, what's your pick on a, on a new OS? They seem to do you know do some do some nice things, and uh, yeah, the Mego operating system itself was was quite cool. Um, but it, it seems very very hard to get a new platform established. Yeah, that was my. I mean, that's my gut reaction. Um, yeah, it just it just it just feels like that market is 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 pretty well established now. Uh, people have sort of picked sides already. You'd think to quite a large extent. You know, I've gone Android, but you know, lots of people have gone iOS, and and uh, you know, when when I mean, I mean, Windows, when Windows eight has is is I think is quietly doing a pretty good job there, uh, and growing its growing its base. So you know, it can be done, for, and 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 that's from a, a pretty much from a standstill really on the mobile side. So I mean, it can be done to some extent, but I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't I don't know enough about this. Um, to really comment meaningfully, but it feels like it's a pretty big ask. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's my pick. Although, um, you know, we've, we've heard from some listeners who are pretty excited about it. Um, their their initial handset has got a four and a half inch um, screen, and uh, you know, head, heading towards um, HD resolution. I think it's nine sixty by five forty pixels, uh, and they're talking around the uh, five hundred and forty US dollar. Um, um, price point. So, you know, it's not as though it's a, um, you know, a super cheap handset in terms of what's initially available. Uh, but where, where there has been some discussion is maybe people, uh, particularly in the Chinese market where Android is extremely dominant, uh, and, and people there are very, you know, very keen to sort of try different things on their phones. And it's obviously a massive market. Uh, that maybe they'll be able to make some uh, some inroads into, into markets like that, and with the real uh, tech enthusiasts who you know who who love uh, playing around with the software on their on their phone, uh, maybe replacing what's available. So we'll wait and see on that. But I mean, it's not the uh, you know it's not the only game in town as far as competition for uh, uh, for the incumbents, and uh, you know even Windows Phone. I guess is starting to fall into that incumbent category, but they, they've spent uh, literally billions uh, to uh, to get to the place where it is today. Yeah, with yeah. that, uh, I think it was just uh, just just shared in the last day or so uh, that it's reached about ten uh, percent uh, market share in, in the top sort of five European countries. Uh, so yeah, it's not an easy game to win uh, to win market share. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. All right, now. Uh, Next up, um, the PlayStation Four. We had we had a little chit chat about it, but we sort of moved on pretty quickly. So um, I just wanted to sort of jump back on that for uh, for a minute. Sure. Um, I mean, we were just playing with it um, in in the um, in the room next door before we uh, before we started. What's your pick on it from a um, from a graphics perspective? Graphics looked looked brilliant. I mean, you had a you got, you had it on a, a big flash TV as well, so that obviously helps. But uh, it looked yeah, it looked amazing, uh, absolutely amazing. So um, 
yeah, I think for the for the hardcore gamers, it's going to be a you know great great gaming experience. And when do you think we will know which you know which is going to be more dominant, or are you picking it's sort of going to you know come out pretty even between the between the two? I mean, we're seeing different seems to be different results in different markets in terms of yeah. uh, sales figures. Yeah. Uh, but you know, most things are pointing in the in the direction of the PlayStation selling quicker. Uh, the PlayStation 4 is selling quicker than the Xbox One. Uh, do you think that'll hold out longer term? Yeah, I just don't know, Paul, if I'm honest. No one's ever asked me for my predictions about PS4 and Xbox One com- comparisons. I don't think that um, I'm a font of all knowledge on this one. Um, look, I think they're both, they both look like they're great devices. They both look like they're, they've got, you know, all the specs that you need. Um, I think it's a little bit like iOS and Android, isn't it? Where, you know, you sort of pick sides and, and, and stick with it. Is it possible that the Xbox guys are, don't feel the need to replace a 360 quite as quickly? Or I, I, I just don't know. Um, I'd love to give you some sort of, you know, revelatory uh, insight, but I'm afraid it's not going to happen. And from a, a video streaming perspective, it, with uh, QuickFlix able to land on both platforms, I guess it doesn't make too much difference from your perspective. Not really. You know, which, which way it, which way it lands, because uh, yeah, both of them can run your run your app, so they're they're both good for you, right? Yeah, that's ex- that's that's exactly right. Yeah. And uh, you know, my understanding of the current sort of the current market for the for the legacy devices for the PS3 and the X- uh, Xbox 360 are that you've got roughly the same amount of devices in market and you know in each camp uh i'd expect that to follow through and end up about you know much the same down here i haven't read anything that suggested that one device is significantly ahead of the other in terms of what it can do maybe maybe that's wrong and maybe i need to look a bit closer but um yeah my look my, my understanding is that is that you know people are pretty loyal and uh, it takes a pretty big big shift uh to get them to you know to, to move from one to the other certainly when you have a sort of a you know a Two two man market, as it were. Fair enough. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm still trying. I'm still trying to pick this one. Uh, pick this one too. Uh, I mean, I've spent certainly spent more time on the Xbox One because we really only just got um, got the PS4. Uh, but yeah, the bit that I guess that seemed really exciting about that was that the the entertainment angle. But in terms of its TV capabilities, I mean, they're um, uh, yeah, virtually non-existent in the in the New Zealand uh, market, and you can tweak to a US profile to get a you know a little bit more functionality, and that looks interesting. But you know, again, it's not uh, it's not complete for uh, for this market. Um, I do quite like the way they've got the uh, the integration uh, with with your smartphone or your, or your tablet yeah. on the Xbox. So that's quite quite nice if using, for instance, the web browser. So. Um, when oh yeah, a couple of days ago, sitting at home, and uh, my wife wanted to, to to show me something online, and um, yeah, we were just able to uh, you know to do that. We were already on you know had the Xbox uh, uh, plugged in, and so we were able to use that uh, smart glass app just to fire up the browser and to bring bring you know, bring it up on the big screen rather than sort of uh, you know crowding around a uh, a tablet. And uh, you know, looking at it when it's projected on the wall is uh, yeah, is, cool. is some, somewhat nicer. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, there's some niceties there, but there's there's nothing that Sony, uh, you know, in those regards that Sony can't do, other than you know they don't have that uh, that TV input side. Um, but you know, I would think over time, as the, as they did with the PS3, uh, they're going to you know broaden out their uh, their entertainment uh, offerings as well. So um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a um, it's a really difficult one to pick, and I, you know I think I think that's a good thing because you know we need this environment to uh, you know 
to stay competitive. And uh, yeah, it, look, it looks like it is very much in that place at the moment. Yeah, I agree. You, you, you kind of want a, want a, a situation where both guys are on their toes. Both guys are looking to innovate as much as possible and bring, you know, bring new stuff out and, you know, keep everything sharp. And, uh, yeah, so I, I'm with you. I, I think it's no bad thing that neither one or the other will, you know, will end up miles ahead. Now, uh, on to talking about, uh, gadgets and, and, and so on. Um, now the, the, uh, the Harmony, now, um, Logitech's Harmony division have been making, um, remote, these universal remotes for a long time. Yeah, you know, most people that have got a, you know, it's any sort of complex, uh, media set up in their lounge have, have probably at least looked at the, the Harmony, uh, remotes as an option. Uh, now, earlier on in the year, it was said that, um, Logitech were putting, uh, Harmony on the block and we're going to sell them. Uh, they seem to have turned around from, uh, from doing that. And so I decided, well, it's maybe time to, uh, to have a, have a look, uh, a bit more of a look at some of the newer products that have, uh, that have launched this year. Uh, so I've been having a look at this, um, this new, their new, newer range of products that they, uh, they put in the market. And, uh, they're, they're quite interesting. So I'll start with the, um, the, the, the top one, which is the, um, Harmony Ultimate. And what this is is, um, and, and it's um, the full retail price, and it's about five hundred bucks. So it's not, uh, you know, it's not at the lower end. But if you've got a really nice uh, media setup and uh, you want to really be able to, you know, control this in an, in an easy manner, uh, this is well worth looking at. So what you've got um, is a little control box that um, that sits in your in your lounge. Uh, and then that fires off the, uh, the relevant commands to your TV, your amplifier, your, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to, uh, uh, trying to control. Um, and it can even control if you've got the, um, the Philips Hue, uh, lights that are remote controllable in, in terms of, uh, uh color and, and, um, brightness and all that sort of thing. Um, you can control those as well. Uh, and with the ultimate, you get a, a nice, uh, color touchscreen, uh, remote control. Uh, but also you get the app, which you can run on, uh, at the moment on iOS or on, uh, on Android. And that lets you take the, um, yeah, take, take hold of, uh, remote control from your, uh, your smartphone. I was going to ask you about this and, and say basically, is there, uh, uh, how long are these universal remotes going to be around for when, you know, we're just going to have apps on our phones, aren't we, that control everything? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, ultimately things will become more and more accessible via the protocols that are built into, yeah, built into our phones. But at the moment, uh, infrared is the most, you know, common form of control. Yeah. And only some of the smartphones have that. Um, yeah, obviously HTC One, uh, Samsung, uh, Galaxy S4, um, the, the Sony, uh, Xperia uh, Z and I think the, the, or Z and the, uh, Z1, I think have got that. Um, and that was a feature that was actually around in, in the um, uh, PDAs or personal digital assistants that we used to use sort of ten or fifteen years ago. They had that infrared uh, capability, although that, you know often you had to be quite close to uh, to use it. Um, but yeah, this control box sort of puts that in there, and um, I, I guess it gives you a, you know a whole lot more sort of smarts. But yeah, maybe longer term we'll see the uh, the harmony capability ending up. Uh, yeah, being available from a, yeah, from a smartphone. It ties into sort of, um, a, a cloud service so you can control all your, all your settings. Yeah. Uh, push those out to the box. 
And the um, the the varying versions now, um, you can buy one that doesn't have the color remote, or it's got one with a screenless uh, remote. Uh, and so there are varying sort of price points. I think from yeah, two about two hundred dollars um, odd up. So you've got the um, Harmony Smart Control, uh, which yeah, that's the um, the the base one, which gives you the basic remote. Uh, and I think I've seen uh, something where you can just get that little base box on its own uh, for control via uh, your smartphone. But uh, or maybe now they're just doing that with the um, with that basic remote control sort of thrown in. Um, but yeah, quite a good option. And then they've still got the other Harmony remotes, which um, you'll often see for under a hundred dollars. Um, they have yeah similar sort of capability, but all the all the infrared is coming from inside that actual uh, individual remote. Yeah. Uh, Look, they're and, great. And I mean, in theory, phone. they're they're great just to have one one remote that does everything for you. Obviously, that's a great thing. Um, as I say, I'd look forward to you know having it on my on my phone properly, my where my phone can just do everything I need. Yeah, and then you know yeah. you can ditch another thing out, you know, move it off the sofa. And that that's the idea, I guess, is that uh, is that simplicity. Although I must say, I do quite enjoy actually just being able to have no. That's a standard remote. You can just hit the you know hit the physical button on it. Yeah, you don't have to jump into the phone and and, and fire up the app. So it's nice yeah. to have that option. As well, but there are times where, hey, where's the remote and, and so on, or the remote sitting across the room and you don't want to get yeah, up. So, yeah. um, yeah, having that sort of smartphone integration is, uh, is quite nice. So when you played with this, how, uh, I guess my, I've got a universal remote control at, at home. It's not a Logitech. Um, and it's, you know, it does all the basics perfectly well. Mm. But if I want to actually change the input, or change the aspect. Say when I, I've got one laptop and the resolution is a bit funny and I actually have to sort of zoom in on the TV when I plug the laptop in. Mm, mm. Um, I can't do that on the universal remote because it doesn't have enough sort of buttons assigned to it or whatever. You know, you know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess the, the nice thing with the Harmony um, products is they tie into this massive database of products. So, yeah. yeah, I went in online and sort of filled out and said, look, I've got this projector, I've got this amp, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And you fill that out and it knows all about your devices. And, you know, you can set it up to do things that, you know, you turn it, say, watch TV. You have the watch TV option that you've set up on the touchscreen or on your smartphone and that'll turn on your projector, that'll turn on your amp. Uh, yeah, anything else you need. Um, you know, maybe you're watching Quick Flicks and it'll turn on your, you know, um, TiVo, your Xbox or wherever that app is at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it can do all of these things. And then, you know, it will tend to have all of the commands available and it's just a matter of sort of, you know, delving in a little bit deeper through that sort of touchscreen yeah, interface. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, you want to, you know, I don't know, change the aspect ratio or something on your on your TV or your projector, um, then you should be able to go in through the you know yeah. through those settings and you know and eventually do that. And then you can automate things that you might want to do uh, regularly. So you know with a with a projector, you might have a different brightness setting that you use at you know daytime compared to evening, or you know color settings and so on. Yeah, um, yeah, similar sorts of things with a TV or you know volume level that you want to have uh, yeah preset. So there are some of those sorts of things. So that that's can, sounding pretty you can clever. Automate. Yeah, because I mean, this is, is my, very clever. This is my reservation about these. You know, that you have to sort of dumb down uh, one device so that it can sort of fit all. Mm. And it sounds like that's just not the case anymore. Not with this. Not mm. with these ones. Mm. And the, uh, I mean, and I've been playing around with the the Xbox One sort of US features, as I say, not officially available here, and quite a crossover with some of those things. Yeah, they've actually got this, you know, this database. Now they didn't have my projector. But they had the US version of it, yeah. Uh, and they didn't have my amp, but they had the previous version of it. Um, so it didn't take too long with that one to go through and find similar things. 
Um, and so, you know, you can then, again, with the US settings, because half of these things are crippled for New Zealand, you can, you know, walk up to your Xbox and say Xbox on, and it turns itself on, and it can turn on your amp and your projector at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but as, as I say, those, are, those aren't sort of generally available, uh, you know, features, and the, uh, you know, the, the Harmony can do, you know, those sorts of automated steps uh, for you. And I, I guess if you had some sort of remote control, other bits and pieces in your in your lounge, you know, press a button and your curtains open or close to watch a movie and all that sort of uh, you know fancy automation stuff, um, you know, if that's um, um, able to be interfaced, then um, you know they control that too. Yeah, nice. All right, now uh, other gadgets we've got kicking around here that we've been looking at, uh, a number of things that we've been uh, we've been liking lately. Um, now the LG G2 was a smartphone uh, that we looked at uh, going back a couple of uh, couple of weeks, and um, uh, Alistair Cook, who was on the podcast uh, with us, I think when we were chatting through that, was uh, was quite keen to do a review. So we'll have a review up on the NZT podcast um, site uh, of the, um, the the G2 from his perspective. Um, now, Patty, you're you're um, a pretty big fan of Android, and you've had a bit of a play around with the G2. Um, where does it sort of sit for you against all the others? Because I know you know you've looked at all the the sort of top Android phones over the last few months. You've got an HTC uh, uh, one there that um, you know has obviously taken your your fancy um, sometime during the year. Yep. Um, where does the um, where does the LG G two uh, stack up? I mean, this is a nice large screen, um, full high definition uh, display, Android phone, yeah. beefy battery, yeah. Um, but well, it, but it, but it's somewhat unusual, and LG aren't usually sort of the top player when it comes to smartphones. You look, I mean, I was I was very disappointed that um, they came out with this phone because I was pretty comfortable sitting there at the, what I thought was a, at the top of the, the Android tree with my HTC One, Paul, and uh, uh, LG have gone and come out with this one. And, you know, I've got to say, I think it's amazing. Um, so the first thing that's interesting about it is this button on the back. Uh, that's the power button. And it's um, in the middle on the back, just exactly, below the just camera, be- isn't it? Yeah, just below the camera. So that's that's an interesting one. And you think, well, that's a bit weird. But when you actually hold it in your hand, it feels completely natural. Um and then the other thing about it that I think is just genius, it's, it might not be brand new and exclusive to LG, I'm not sure, but when, when, it's, when the phone is idle, you just double tap the, the, the home screen and it comes to life. And it's just little touches like that that, to me, they actually just improve your sort of day-to-day functionality, you know, immensely. Mm, mm. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a sort of a, you know, a power user. I don't think I just, I, I take an interest in these things, and I, I, I like to do what I like to do. And I just think this is, it's just a great-looking phone. The other thing is, I've, I've just compared it with the, with my HTC, and um, because the bezel is so small, the actual handset is. Basically the same size, and I think this is a 5.2 inch screen. It is, yeah. And, and, and on, my on HTC, which you know, I st- I'm still very happy with, but it's a 4.7 inch screen, and because it's got speakers at top, at the top and the bottom, um, you know, it's just uh, the handset is is a bit bigger, uh, and so when compared to get w- w- with this LG, it's it's basically the same size. And what that means is that I could get a 5.2 inch screen, you know, for the same size in my pocket, and 
I mean, who wouldn't want a bigger screen for browsing and for doing everything? Yep. So, you know, look, I, I, I think it's great. I haven't spent a, um, so much time with it that I, you know, I need to check out the, the, the sound quality and, uh, you know, things like that. But the, the other big thing that everyone's talking about is the battery life. Everyone's saying it's basically, you know, one and a half or twice as, twice as much battery as, you know, the, 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 the your usual sort of charge once a day smartphones. So, um, you know, that's pretty exciting as well. So I'm, um, you know, I wouldn't quite say first impressions. I've played it, played with it a fair bit, but you know, I think it's, I think it's great. And you know, as things stand right now, I think this would be my vote for the best smart, best smartphone in the market. Um, you know, I've had, I've, iOS guys are, you know, that they'll, they'll be wedded to the, uh, you know, to the iPhone and that's absolutely fine. I had an iPhone for a while and, you know, I, I don't dislike it, but you know, I'm just an Android guy. That's just me. Um, so maybe I'd qualify the statement and say it's the best Android smartphone. Um, just for those iOS and Windows phone users out there. <laughs> well, um, good. No, it's it's good. It's good to get another opinion on it. And I mean, it really is a very very nice, uh, very nice phone. And it, it, I mean, being the the newest, uh, really to land in the market, it does come, uh, I guess, you know, right at the top in in most of the sort of specifications in terms of you know processor and and, and screen and those sorts of things. Um, and you know, nice, um, 13 megapixel, uh, camera. So, yeah, I mean, it packs in a lot of, uh, a lot of goodies. So, yeah, I don't think too many people would be, uh, unhappy with that as, uh, as, as their phone. Um, and as you say, I mean, there are other platforms and, and now it very much comes down to what your, uh, what your preferred platform is. Yeah. They're all, you know, they're all very, very capable in their own right. Um, you know, some a little bit better for um, some things uh, rather than rather than others, and, and certainly if you want that, just yeah, you know, that flexibility to uh, you know mess around sort of uh, software wise, um, you know, and uh, you know play with some of the other bits coming onto the market, or uh, or have some sort of a tweaked software build, then uh, you know Android uh, sits at the uh, you know top of the stack. Uh, now, um, what else we've got there? We've got the, um, 8 inch, uh, Samsung, um, Galaxy Tab 3. Now, uh, I've been playing around with that lately too. Um, I'm really liking this sort of smaller, uh, you know, this smaller form factor than the real, uh, you know, big, uh, you know, 10 inch type, uh, type tablets. I think it's, you know, it's quite nice just for, you know, sitting and using when otherwise maybe you might just use your phone sort of sitting around on the couch, et cetera. Uh, yeah, I quite like that. So, um, that, yep. that's another one. Um, and then, uh, what else have we got there? We've got the, um, Asus T100 that we were playing with sort of before we started the, um, the, the, the show. Uh, now that's the, the new, uh, Windows tablet that, um, is sort of the convertible. So it's got the, uh, the keyboard on it. Yeah. You had a little bit of a play around yep. with that. I yep. mean, how does that feel from your perspective? I mean, it's very much the cheapest, uh, you know, on the market as far as a, uh, um, you know, a laptop come uh, tablet sort of converged device that runs the full version of Windows. So you can run all your traditional apps. Uh, and it's got the, uh, you know, the, the new uh, Atom processor in it. So it's, um, you know, from a performance perspective, it, it seems to run, uh, you know, reasonably okay for, you know, basic day to day stuff. And, you know, of course, you've got Microsoft Office thrown in there. Um, and, you know, quite easy to sort of, you know, snap the screen off and, and just, you know, for it to just be a, uh, a, a 10 inch uh, tablet. Um, and then, you know, click it back into the keyboard when you want to sort of sit it on your lap or, uh, 
you know, do some work on it, maybe plug it into a, uh, a full-size screen or, you know, wireless keyboard and mouse if, um, you know, if the, the small one that comes with it isn't enough. Yeah, look, I think it looks pretty good. Um, so I hadn't had a, ha- had a hands-on with this before before I came in today, and uh, I think it looks pretty good. My only reservation is I think it'd be nice to just be able to move the screen, sort of tilt it further back. It's I, th- I guess it's slightly hamstrung by the by the sort of attachment, um, you know, that you've got the sort of the keyboard bit. I, I think where we see these sort of converged um, tablets sort of come come laptops that you've got a weight issue. If you can tilt the screen back too far, then they'll uh, they'll sort of fall Top over, over, basically. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so, that, you know, the, the, that one, for instance, I mean, you're talking around 500 grams for the... Uh, uh, for the for the tablet piece yeah. and uh, similar for the the keyboard uh, base that it uh, snaps into yeah and you know that weight is is uh, you know the keyboard doesn't need to be that heavy but it's that way in, in terms of actually balancing it out yeah. and the further back that you can tilt the screen um, the more likely it is to uh, uh, sort of you know fall over on you so um, I yeah. think I think that's the uh, that's sort of why they do it that way I guess I guess the thing is that what's interesting to me is you start off, you need a sort of, um, uh, you've got to ask yourself a fundamental question, haven't you, about what, what your sort of appropriate setup is. So, you know, I'm asking myself right now, I've, I've said to myself, well, I've got an iPad and I like my iPad, but I'm not certain that my iPad would be my, ne- be my next buy. It might be the, uh, the iPad Air, but it, it might not be. Then I would say, well, actually, do I want an all, a, a sort of a, a product like this Asus one or, you know, maybe the Surface Pro, something like that, that actually can be, can sort of bluff as a tablet and also as a, as a desktop. And when I say bluff, I actually mean do a pretty good job of it. Um, you know, so, and actually eliminate a device. I mean, that's, that to me is the question is, is, is are we at a stage where, you know, we can get two for the price of one? Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's a really good question. And I think it will, you know, it will vary according to how you operate. Uh, you know, I think there are, there are users that maybe, you know, aren't so sort of power hungry in terms of their requirements. And, you know, some of these sort of thin and thinner and, and, and lighter tablets that can do a little bit of, uh, uh, laptopy stuff are, you know, probably quite, quite suitable for them as their, uh, you know, maybe their main machine. Yeah. And I mean, you know, certainly the, um, Asus T100 is one of those ones that sort of fits in that category for a more casual user. What we're um, saying. We've what, got that iPad Air, yeah. you know, sitting there with the Logitech, uh, yeah. Keyboard case, um, you know, it gives some you know, quite similar types of capabilities, right? Yeah, to me, to me, I mean, if you're looking at to seriously replace a laptop with a a, a tablet sort of plus uh, device, Microsoft are the only ones who are doing that seriously. Seriously, I, I think that you know, iOS is still in a place where you know it's it's a, it's another device. You know, I, I don't see uh, certainly not the way I use my laptop. Um, you know, just around the sort of office suite and, and all the rest of it. Uh, to me, a, a, an iPad is never going to, re- well, never, it's not at the moment going to replace my laptop. It couldn't do that job. Yeah. And I don't think it's designed to either. I and it's I guess, that, you know, that. the extension of putting your keyboard on it and so on is, is maybe, you know, stretching it, uh, you know, further than what it was designed for in some ways. Yeah. My feeling is if, you know, if Apple wanted it to be able to be a, uh, you know, a laptop replacement, uh, you know, th- they would offer sort of, you know, first party accessories that would turn it into that sort of convertible. Yeah, agreed. And that's not, you know, that's yep. not something they're doing at this stage. Yeah. Uh, they'd offer that sort of mouse support. So, uh, yeah, you could run those types of apps that maybe need a mouse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean, there are plenty of other things that you can do on and there are lots and lots of, um, you know, our listeners that, uh, 
you know, that swear by their iPads, uh, but most of them will tend to have another main that's main the, that's computer. That's the point. So I swear, I swear by my iPad, but um, but I've also got a got a got a laptop, and 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 I'm just you know the devices that are coming. I'm pretty I'm comfortable with Windows eight. I d- I like Windows eight. Um, I, I don't know if I'm in a complete minority there, but I mean, I just I liked it from the beginning. Eight point one has helped has helped you know many people as well. So I, look, I'm happy with 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 Windows, and um, you know, for me now the question is well. Actually, can I get that sort of tablet plus? Uh, you know, I think about the Surface, but but you know, these devices that we've been looking at tonight, you know, they're comparable, uh, and they might they might get you there. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the nice thing is now we've got a broad selection of options, and um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other ones we've sort of got sitting around the the room as well. Um, I mean, you've got the uh, the ThinkPad um, X uh, X two forty there, which which is you know one of the sort of new uh, class of uh, ultrabooks. Which yeah, it doesn't doesn't become a tablet, but you might pair that. You know, if you, let's say you're a um, um, you know a Lenovo fan, you're looking for something sort of work wise, something like the um, that ThinkPad X two forty, which is a little twelve and a half inch uh, screen, touch screen, uh, you know, very powerful uh, system. You've got um, yeah four G capability, I think, uh, uh, yeah, built into it. Um, you know, you can have a reasonably large SSD um, drive in there, lots of RAM. You know, run all those sort of power hungry type apps, docking station for it. Uh, you can do all of that, and you might pair that up with that new uh, Mix Two uh, eight inch Windows tablet. You know, as a as a uh, you know, if you wanted to sort of sit in that sort of ecosystem and and have a more portable uh, you know device that when you don't want to carry the uh, laptop around, which is I mean, it's pretty light. Uh, uh, laptop, but you've got an, another device that can do similar sorts of uh, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think some people will go down that type of track rather than trying to uh, trying to converge onto just one you know tablet that that does all of their entertainment and their work stuff. Yeah. Um, that that's certainly my pick at the moment. That there's still going to be it's still going to be pretty common for the foreseeable future for people to have a a smartphone of some sort, whatever their favourite platform is, iOS, Android, Windows Phone, or or, or something else. Uh, yeah, a tablet, similar sort of series of, of choices, and a uh, and a bigger computer in, in some yeah. form. Um, I don't think that's you know that that's going to sort of disappear down to just two devices in the in the immediate future. Yeah. Um, part of it being you know being size. Um, part of it being just the the sheer power that um, you know some of the the bigger devices have, and that convenience for sort of docking and plugging into bigger monitors and, and the like. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. I mean, look, I, I'm just, I guess, I'm just the beginning of sensing that maybe I, I'm in a place where I could, I could go from three devices to two. You know, the other thing for me, I just feel I've got, I'm on iOS with my iPad, I'm on Android with my phone, I'm on Windows with my, uh, with my laptop. I'm comfortable on all of those, but I just think, well, well, maybe I should, you know, harmonise somehow with that. Would that make my life easier? It probably would. Mm. All right. Well, we'll look forward to hearing on a future podcast just just what you <laughs> what decision you make and uh, and and how it goes for yeah. you because I think Ali, a lot of people are are thinking through these same things and are wondering yeah. are wondering yeah. what to do and you know certainly I've you know a lot of questions from people down this track and you know I think part of it is yeah you know, everyone's requirements a little bit different 
Um, but you know, there, there aren't necessarily devices that tick all the boxes, yep. uh, in every case just yet. And you're seeing me sitting here with, you know, laptops that are, yeah, balanced on, on, on one knee. Um, you know, still for me, the laptop, um, or, or some sort of converged device that is as, you know, got a keyboard as solid as a laptop. Um, and, and that the screen can just sort of prop up and hang off the keyboard on, um, is pretty essential for, um, for some of the things I do. Yeah. Uh, at least for the, you know, the hour or two a week I'm, I'm doing this sort of thing. So, yeah, uh, no, yeah. fair enough. Look, yeah. we're all different, aren't we? And, um, we all have different tastes, but we, we also have different, different, you know, we have different usage. Mm. So, um, yeah, there's no right answer here, folks. All right. Yeah, sorry if everyone was, uh, <laughs> hoping for, uh, you know, for, for the, the answer to the life unit. What was that question? Uh, the li- life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. Um, and um, but of course, everyone knows the answer to that one. Um, anyway, where were we? We're at the end of uh, of episode uh, one hundred and sixty one of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Can I can I just bring up one more thing? Just because I thought it was a, a really fun, I say fun, an interesting story that sort of made me uh, chuckle. I suppose uh, was this guy was this Bitcoin stuff? This guy who's in the UK, who's um, he's got four and a half million pounds worth of bitcoins on a hard drive and he threw the hard drive away about three months ago and he's just realized what he's done and he's 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 probably right now he's woken up in in england and he's going to the landfill to sift through three months worth of rubbish to try and find four and a half million pounds Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, this is a pretty interesting uh, situation. So for those that don't know about uh, Bitcoin, basically a a virtual currency, um, it's grown uh, massively in in value uh, over over the last few years. And, you know, effectively, uh, your, your, um, I guess your, your, your currency is held, um, in, in the form of, um, uh, yeah, cryptographic, uh, data and, uh, you know, your private key that's, uh, uh, needed in order to, um, um, you know, spend it. And, uh, that, uh, for this chap, um, was on, uh, on his hard drive that, uh, that he uh, that he ditched and uh, yeah I guess hadn't realised how uh, how quickly the uh, Bitcoin currency had sort of increased in uh, in value. Yeah, I think that's the point. So he he piled into Bitcoin early on, one way or another, and they were it was worth nothing at all. And you know it's just gone through the thousand dollar mark as a sort of you know just recently. So you know it's really going going places. It, Bitcoin itself is really interesting, and I don't know a whole lot about it except that the. I think one of the sort of Senate committees or something recently in, in the US has, has sort of acknowledged its existence and the Federal Reserve has also done the same. And I think from there they're saying, well, you know, it's not too many steps away for there to be actually some sort of regulatory system or, or, or legislation or something brought in that that would, you know, legitimise the whole thing. Because up until now... Tax it and everything well, else. Well, that's too, right. that too, yeah. But yeah. up until now there's been a lot of talk, sort of negativity around it because either it's just a, a fad and it's going to go away or I think some of the... Some of there have been some pretty sort of dodgy uses of uh, bitcoin around the around the darker darker places of the internet um so it seems that we're on the verge of bitcoin sort of going uh you know getting real mm, uh, mm. well i mean it is real at the moment we're talking value i mean he had uh in his digital wallet he had seven and a half uh, th- uh thousand uh bitcoins and you know with those being around the thousand us dollar mark uh, each in terms of uh, uh current value yeah we're talking um you know, over over eight million uh, Kiwi dollars. Yeah. So, 
that's, that's yeah, real. That, 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 that's getting pretty real. And, and, there's, a Bitcoin, and uh, there's a Bitcoin ATM, I believe, in Canada now. I don't quite know how that works, but I think you can sort of you can either you can exchange into Bitcoin or into real money uh, at this ATM somehow. So there's mm-hmm. you know there's it's it's the beginning, and um, yeah, it's just an interesting one. But but that story made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it, it's. Um uh, James Howells is the, uh, is the chap in the UK. So, uh, you know, if you're wondering how to make a million, you could, uh, you could maybe try and track him down. Yeah, find and, his landfill. And, uh, you know, offer to uh, help him out go through this, uh, uh, landfill site. And if you can fight off the seagulls and, uh, um, and, and others, uh, and maybe find his hard drive. And if it's not, uh, uh, ruined, then, um, hey, there's, uh, there's a few million dollars worth of, uh, Bitcoins, it'll be able to be accessed afterwards. So, yeah, uh, yeah, sounds good. There we go. All right, very. Yeah, well, that was a fascinating one. Thanks for uh, reminding me about that. Well, yeah, that wraps us up. So, uh, Paddy, we can uh, track you down online. You're on Twitter. Yeah, at, I'm on Twitter at Paddy Buckley. That's isn't me. It? Yep. All right. And uh, is there a company uh, Twitter handle? For there is Quick, Quick Fli- We're at Quickflix NZ. Quickflix NZ. Uh, at Quickflix is our Aussie brethren. Excellent. Um, so we're on there, and obviously the website Quickflix.co.nz. And all sorts of devices. Just go to the smart area or the media area of your various devices or app store or whatever uh, you want, and you'll find us there. Excellent. Um, oh, now I forgot to mention uh, our latest episode of New Zealand Business Podcast uh, has just gone online this uh, this week, and uh, we have uh, we've just done a, a, a um, an episode that has us talking with. Um, the CEO and, uh, and co-founder of SLI Systems in, uh, in Christchurch. Very, very successful, uh, technology company there, uh, led by Sean Ryan. Um, I think a lot of you will probably find that quite an interesting, uh, quite an interesting story. So, uh, if you're not already subscribed to the New Zealand Business Podcast, uh, there, there often are, uh, yeah, Sort of tech-related uh, companies that we uh, we talk to, so it's uh, it's well worth listening uh, listening into, and you can find that at um, nzbusinesspodcast.com uh, and uh, yeah, and iTunes and 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 the like for uh, for subscribing. So uh, well uh, worth a look. And Paul, is that is that Bitcoin story a bit of a crossover? You could pick it up again in the uh, in the other podcast, couldn't well, you? Well, maybe we could. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can track me down online uh, at Paul Spain on uh, on Twitter or through. I'm on all. It's generally most of the social networks uh, and uh, and Paul PaulSpain dot com. So um, look me up there, and you can find us NZ Tech Podcast um, also on those uh, those same uh, channels, Twitter and and Google Plus. And the like, or at uh, nztechpodcast.com. So, hey, thanks everyone for listening in. We'll catch you all um, next week. And also coming up uh, early January uh, will be our special uh, episodes coming from uh, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in, uh, in Las Vegas uh, that we attend each year. And so, um, uh, just something to uh, to keep you occupied over the um, over the summer break will be those episodes. So, uh, so don't uh, don't stop listening. There will be um, there'll be more than enough to keep you entertained there in early January. Okay, that's us. See ya. See ya.